everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. And tonight we are talking with Clay Emerton from Tampa Snakes. We're going to be talking about diamond pythons. And I don't know, Owen, we don't really get the opportunity to talk diamond pythons all that much. So I stumbled upon Clay on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just, I guess it's one of those things that just pops up in your feed and you know, next thing you I know, tr- I click on it and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was... like, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into all that. Um, I love his website um, and we'll get into that as well. It's uh, tampasnakes.com um, and uh, really professionally done. And it's good to see, I think, in today's day and age of website. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm old school. Not <laughs> just a Facebook page. <laughs> but I just page love a website. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. Dollar sign, dollar sign snake. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. uh, so yeah, I don't know. Anything going on with you, Owen, that you want to get into before uh, we get it on with Clay? Uh, here? Uh, I'm gearing. I, I unplugged. I got Rammy this weekend. Melissa was in Florida, so I had nothing to do. So I'm like, screw it. And I went and I got the uh, Collier Brids all set up for winter. And by saying that I got them set up for winters, I went downstairs and unplugged everything and then walked out of the snake room. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so all the Collier Brids are down. <laughs> and now I'm getting Rammy because I got to get the Kribo together. So we did get a request for oh, yeah. how you breed colubrids. Oh, and I think that was episode. it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Short it. episode. I keep them in a room off to the side where it gets cold and then I remove right. all heat and leave. Okay. Yeah. And then I come back in March and plug everything in and feed everything. Seems, seems really, easy enough. You wouldn't uh, it be? Yeah. I don't want yeah. to mess around with all these other hard to breed species. But um yeah, so I I other than that, man, it's it's cold up here. It's frigid. and Yeah, it is cold. You know, I'll admit this one thing. Before Melissa moved in, this house was a lot warmer. I don't know why she keeps it like a morgue. And either I'm going to have the best breeding you season. You make her or... pay the bill or no, something? No. No. Oh, all right. I, well, no. Then... well, I'm just saying. And turn it up, man. That's what all. Thank you. Like, yell that for that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'll have either the best breeding season of my life or die of hypothermia. We just don't okay. know which one's going to go first. Fair so, enough. We'll see. But no, nah, man, we're gearing up because... You, you like we already talked about in the past breeding episodes. Thanksgiving is like the unofficial beginning, so um, yeah, yeah, I'm all punchy for that and getting ready. So I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> I need more late. time. It's a little late. Time. Yeah, yeah, too late yeah. now. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, we're gonna get into uh, some diamond python. So if you got nothing else, let's let's get it going. Go for it. And uh, welcome, Clay. Uh, welcome to Morelli Python Radio. Glad to have you. And uh, yeah, let's talk some uh, some diamond pythons. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Sure, <clears throat> absolutely. So, Clay, we usually start with everybody who's new onto the show. Um, is how did you get your start into reptiles? So, what what kind of dragged you into reptiles? So, um, I'm originally from California and mm-hmm. um, grew up in the Mojave Desert. And I don't know if you've been there before, but there isn't really a whole lot to do in the desert. And um, so as a kid, you know, we would go out and um, go on uh, lizard hunts and snake hunts for hours. Um, my mom didn't let me keep any of them, mm. um, but, um, you know, we, we enjoyed it. Um, eventually moved to Atlanta um, and there I started a family. Um, wife didn't really want to have any dogs, so ended up with a, a red tail boa, a pair of savannah monitors very large enclosure I built myself for them. Um, green iguana um, mm-hmm. that eventually escaped through um, a hanging ceiling, and that was some <laughs> oh, tragic <no>. in there. <laughs> uh, but um, 
Anyway, um, eventually, though, um, did divorce the kid's mom, uh, took a break from reptiles, um, became a 50-50 dad where had the kids every other week, mm. finally got the dog, um, and um, ended on, um, I moved on to saltwater aquariums for a little while, for a few years. I had uh, stingrays, tropical, all the nice. tropical um, uh, uh, fish that you would normally see, um, the um, feather dusters, refugium with mangroves, um, deep sand bed, massive protein skimmer. I don't know if you guys have... Any experience with salt water? Very um, slim, very small, but they, it, they're always one of those things where it's really intriguing, but I'm too afraid that I would murder so many fish and yeah, it'd be so hard. So I think that does happen. That mm. definitely happens. It goes with the territory. Um, a lot of money went into that hobby, um, but um, eventually um, I moved on from there. Um, I started dating someone who had a jungle carpet python. And I'd never seen a, um, a, a carpet python before. So this was my intro into Morelia. Um, we discussed diamonds um, at that point. Um, gosh, how long ago was this? Uh, 15 years ago. Um, they're really hard to find, um, mm -hmm. probably outside the budget anyway. Um, but um, eventually I stumbled upon um, a Jim Sharphorn of uh, PVC cages because I was going to buy a cage mm -hmm. and um, I ended up helping him put his website together and got a big discount. And that ended up leading to having a wall of cages um, where I had um, coastals, IJs, uh, green trees with the Promis system, nice. um, jungles. I even had some dumerals, um, um, hog noses, um, Amazon tree boas. Um, and then lastly, the, the final snake we got was a, a very large adult albino uh, Burmese python. Hmm. Um, okay. So um, we, we had all these snakes. We're taking care of them, having a good time. And um, around 2010, um, I talked my kid's mom into moving everyone to Tampa. And um, so at this point, for a short time while we're looking for jobs out here, we all ended up under the same roof. And my snake collection got pushed outside to a shed. Uh -huh. And that did not work out very well. Um, at one point, I was trying to raise my own rats. I was managing all the snakes and Ugh. the temp problems that you run into, the temperature problems in an outdoor shed mm -hmm. and that struggle. Um, and the, we had a, um, a coastal jag that had a clutch of eggs. And um, I started taking care of those babies. And that was probably the final straw where everything together was just it became unmanageable. And mm -hmm. honestly, I burn out so hard. I ended up selling everything. Yeah. And I took a huge reset, mm -hmm. a nice big break. Um, five years later, um, at Tampa Repticon with a new girlfriend who um, hadn't gone through that brown experience. And um, she bought me um, a zebra um, <laughs> python. And so um, that was a Christmas gift. And then um, after a few years, um, um, the kids all moved out of the house. All the bedrooms freed up. And, um, and that's when I started putting together my, uh, my current collection that I have now. So this is, uh, right now I have diamonds, um, jungles and, uh, um, diamond jungle jacks. Nice. Um, I have my own diamond room. Um, I have my own jungle room. Um, and then, um, um, let's see here. Um, I also have, you know, this snakes kind of like all over the house. I don't know if you guys do that too. But yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. We, I try not to, but they've, they've migrated. My rough skills just moved into the office. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, and while learning about um, diamond breeding, um, mm -hmm. I noticed that there, there really wasn't a whole lot out there. Um, so that's when I found NPR and um, devoured 
every episode I could find that <laughs> even mentioned diamonds. Um, and um, I'll admit that I didn't really follow everything that was being discussed. Mm. Um, I knew the jungles, mm. but I, um, I was learning everything I could about diamonds and breeding them. But um, And I was casually exploring the diamond jungle jags. But you guys were talking about scrubs and maclots, womas, blackheads, timors, and all of that went straight over my over head. Here. <laughs> um, enter Billy Hunt. Oh, okay. no. So oh, um, no. he taught me that man cannot live on diamonds and jungles alone. Well, um, I so. mean, <laughs> they, he could, but there's so much more, so many more flavors of ice cream out there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um it was about a year ago um and this guy named billy messages me on facebook and he says uh, hey i live in tampa too and i breed carpets and i'm like all right that's great you know and we talked about our projects we have going he said i have some maclots in the incubator and i you know i'm googling maclots and i don't really know anything about them and it kind of the conversation sort of stalled until i ran into him in daytona mm. and at daytona i hung out with the carpet group late at night talking visiting exchanging information and um, and that's when i realized like billy was he was a wealth of information all around excellent guy to talk to about snakes and yeah. um and i ended up deciding to buy one of his uh, mac lots <laughs> so i have one of his little killer mac lots <laughs> oh um, no it's a killer <laughs> I just cleaned its cage um a couple nights ago the little baby and that is whew, that's a little fireball <laughs> um i thought my jungle babies were um were aggressive but that mac lots oh man What's um, up with baby maggots? Why are they so angry? <laughs> like it's chill, dude. <laughs> um, the feeding response is perfect, though it's it's dialed in, so uh, yeah. that part's covered. Um, but um, so I'm picking up that uh, Maclots, um baby at Billy's house, which ends up apparently being six minutes from my house, <laughs> and which was really cool. No and kidding. then um, that's dangerous. Yes, I am not. I know it was a huge coincidence. It's I was like, good. no way. I I know. I GPS it and I was like, oh my God, bro, you live like right by me. And um, so guess what? I see his entire collection mm. while I'm there. Right. And um, as a result, um, mm. I developed a rapid obsession over Timor Pythons. And uh, right now I have um, three of them quarantining right to my right. Yes. Here. Yes. <laughs> so, good. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the Timor Pythons are, um, they're very cool. So, um, but I, I blame Billy for that as, as I do many I, things I would. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so um, that's kind of how I got got into where I'm at, like right now. That's awesome. So, that's what what drew to the diamond pythons? What, what drew you to that? So um, the diamonds are just, of course, they're just stunning. They're mm. beautiful. Um, their personalities they remind me of. Um, if you know how sometimes you look at snakes and they do that little meerkat pose, I yeah. see <laughs> diamonds do that more than any other snake. They're so curious and. Um, and especially, I mean, I don't know if you've gotten to hold like some of the babies, but they come out of the egg super curious, doing that same little meerkat thing. They're they're interested in what's going on in the world. So, huh. um, so I love their personalities and um, yeah, and their appearance. Awesome. They're they're really different, and yeah. and I'll tell you, like even right now, like I mean, they charm me. Even right now, I go into my room and I have my room starting to cool now, and um, so we're not we're not freezing yet, but we're getting there, and mm. so. Um, you know, they had like a nice warm day. I go in there, it's like in the mid sixties and all of them are out and moving around and checking me out. And I'm like, they're just like, you can just tell it's kind of like how a human will enjoy fall weather. They're just loving this cold weather and the cold air. So, um, I find that fun. That is awesome. And so is that what kind of drew, drew you to something like the team wars? Was that just their, 
really cool looking and it's something oh, kind of off the little cuff there too. So the Timors were mm. just, I, I don't even know, just to, um, you, if you haven't seen a Timor Python, you got to Google it, you guys. Um, I, I, when I saw Billy's, I was like, I just saw him and I was like, oh man, what did you just do? Yeah. And he's like, he had no idea. He had no idea what he was talking about. I don't, I don't even, I don't think he was playing dumb. I think he really didn't know. Like I, at that point it was like love at first sight. Mm. Um, you have to see their heads, their coloring. Um, I brought, after I bought him, my girlfriend saw him and she's like, oh my God, that is a stunning snake. And I was like, yes. So don't ask how much they were. Um, <laughs> they were cheap. Get out of here. Like, yeah, done. Later, later, we're, we're, later, we're at the, the recent Repticon and, um, and, and we're there and I, I ended up selling a diamond to someone that, um, that Billy introduced me to. And, and, um, so we're, uh, Jason hood, you guys may know. Yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all talking and Jason's talking about like how expensive the team wars are. And my girlfriend's kind of like listening and she's like, <laughs> wait, how much are these? And I'm like, we can talk about this Nothing later. Did, I don't know. Um, so yeah, later over drinks, we're able to yeah. have that discussion, but <laughs> that man is crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> but that's awesome. More people need, need to get into those. Um, I have four and i think i need more which is bad so um but yeah more people need to get team wars so i have a quick question when you mm. talked about aquatics right have mm. you well first is there a comparison between the two hobbies are they similar it seems to me that aquatics are like so more advanced so further advanced yeah um i think that um this is way easier and you know i i um i mentioned on our website that i believe that carpet pythons are one of the best pets you can have um that is not true of a saltwater aquarium <laughs> um so you have to have a lot of time and money and man you're checking you have to check the water perimeters like in the morning and at night and oh, you know wow. you're checking your nitrates and seeing where they're at because especially if you have coral um so um it when we sold all of the saltwater gear the last of it um i'll be honest like my girlfriend and i at the time we we sat on the porch and just kind of stared at the car leaving with the aquariums and mm. and i teared up and i was mm. like wow it's i guess it, i don't know if it's like how people are when they sell their boat you know sure, the best yeah. day and the worst day or whatever but <laughs> yeah. i just i was it was the saga was over right um, okay but um but yeah i think though i would if there was a comparison i would just say that if you do it right with your snakes and if you're breeding um and you're doing high-end snakes then you're going to put some money in it mm -hmm. um that's probably the only comparison that i would make have you seen any has it helped you any sort of uh maybe technology wise or setting things up or thinking outside the box, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know what? Um, and I, I think anyone who's done saltwater listening to this will, will agree. It teaches you patience. Mm. Okay. And, um, and there, there's a lot of patience involved in, in the breeding projects and, um, you know, and, and if we're talking about like not power feeding snakes and that mm -hmm. sort of thing, and just, um, just, just taking your time and being willing to take your time and do it right. The first time, um, quarantining animals, um, the, quarantine is a great example. The longer the quarantine, um, the, the, the better. And in, 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 in saltwater, um, you also, you quarantine your fish. Mm -hmm. So there's, there, I guess there's comparisons there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it just seems, uh, you know, we've said a couple times that it seems like, uh, 
Well, I don't even know if it's a saltwater hobby, but just the aquatic hobby. Like they spend, they'll get a $10 fish and put it in a $5,000 set up. Yeah. <laughs> we get a $5,000 snake and put it in a $10 box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But okay, cool. Uh, sorry, Owen. Go ahead. No, you're good. So um, aside from the diamonds, I mean, you kind of like went over all the other stuff that you kind of currently have in your collection uh did you you didn't leave anybody out you, you kind of covered everybody well so um let's see here i've got um actually four female diamond jungle jags okay and i am excited about them they're weird i have one that's a, a neon it's a neon zebra female mm-hmm. and um and if you'll see it on instagram and um, i don't have it on the website but its name is chiquita Okay. And it it's in my master bedroom closet, and we see it every day. We go in there, and it is the coolest looking snake. And it and it's it's in one of those uh, PVC cages, a two by mm-hmm. two by two right now. It's pretty okay. small, and it'll just like look at you as you're walking in. And um, it's God, you'll it, the the pattern on this snake is insane. So, um, I guess the the neons are kind of like the gammas. I guess. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I guess like there was two two branches of, of, um, of how the gamma lines went. You had neons went one direction and gammas went the other. And, um, this happens to be one where I believe this neon is going to end up keeping its color and keeping the, um, you know, I don't think it's going to muddy up. So, um, I think I got a good one. And, um, this one I was told came from, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Charlotte ultraviolet. Oh, Um, all right. There you go. You and I have sisters. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I, I was lucky enough to run into a guy and some people might know him. I won't mention his name, but he was, um, I guess he went in and he went in hard into the hobby and then uh, got some really nice high end snakes. And, um, I happened to find some of them mm. and, um, took some risks and uh, made some phone calls to verify information. And, um, yes, uh, I was able to, to get Chiquita. Um, I also got a Vito Martin, uh, gamma. Um, and, um, I think that was it from there that I kept from, from the snakes. I ended up getting four from him, but I kept only two. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have an Adam Hollander gamma. It's, it's a little girl, but she is gorgeous. She just gets prettier and prettier all the time. And I actually got to meet Adam in Atlanta, uh, around Christmas time last year. Great guy. Um, nice, nice cages, nice, nice collection. Um, but let's see here. And then I have, um, a, it's a gamma. Um, my, it, it was a gamma with a Mike curtain Jag mm-hmm. and a guy, I don't know if you know, um, Evan Wexler, I guess is who produced yeah. it. Yeah. I guess um, we know that guy too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's one of his and that's Aurora and Aurora is one that, um, every time someone sees this snake, they want to buy it. And, um, <laughs> so, and I'm like, honestly, I think the other ones have like better, like, um, like backgrounds and everything. And, um, but Aurora has a great um, head stamp. Mm. The head stamp is just amazing. So uh, her coloring is great. And um, so those those four are neat looking snakes. They're pretty. And I think, you know, as far as engendering excitement at shows and everything, I think they'll be able to they'll be able to get people. I think they'd actually be like the gateway snakes to get some people <laughs> into the hobby. Actually, those sure. are like you always talk about. There was always that one adult bright yellow something or other at a reptile show that somebody saw that was their gateway snake into Morelia. Oh, yeah. So you, I mean, 100%. you may have to just bring her around to reptile shows to start like hooking people in. So, yeah. So before we get into the diamonds, I'm curious, like what is your goal with the, with the gamma stuff yeah. or the jungle jacks, the diamond jungle so, jack stuff? Um, so I guess they're, 
they're kind of like the um, the fun projects for me. Mm-hmm. They're not anything that I'm taking too seriously. Um, they're um, I just want to make some pretty snakes, right? Um, and and well, that's about it. That's that's just about it. I just want to make some pretty snakes and have that option for people. Yeah. And um, but I'm not like they're not my passion. They're just kind of like a little side projects, just fun side right. projects. That's nice. how I really feel about them. Nice. Yeah, yeah they're um, cool. They're they're yellow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they hurt. Yeah. Um, to, to go with them. So I have, um, well, I already told you I have the Maclots and I have the three Timors now getting into the jungles though. So to go with them, I, I did have to get some males. So mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a Martin, um, zebra male that a lot of people like the, there's an Instagram photo of my girlfriend holding it up, nice. um, with some greenery in the background, but that's that, um, zebra is stunning. Uh, its name is Enigma. Um, I have, um, just, a, um, you just a nice bright wow male, mm-hmm. um, and then um, I've got a pair of, I don't know if you guys saw the Wow Blazes that came out recently. Yep. yep, um, yep I've yep. got a couple of them and I picked them up from um, from Adam. So I've got a male and a female. Um, and um, let's see. Oh, and then I have, um, I did pick up, I don't know if uh, Josh Mendel, I don't know if you know him, but I got yep. one of his males. Yep, yep, yep. And it is super clean. So <laughs> I'm excited about that male. So these are males that I could put with. Uh, if I want to, I can put them with those females, the right. Diamond Jungle Jags that I have. It gives me options. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then of the babies that I'm selling right now that um, that you see on social media, those are just like um, super heavy tipped jungles. Mm. Um, and so and I kind of feel that way about the jungles either. If you're going to go tipped, just go all the way. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> just go crazy with, with the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, then, um, and then from there, then we just go right into the diamonds. Nice. So, okay. Um, diamonds right now. I have um, I have five females and um, and four males. Um, and Kaya is the uh, the one that. And we, by the way, we bring a lot of the we do bring a lot of these snakes to the shows. Nice. Okay. And um, um, I I believe that especially for when I go to carpet shows, there's a couple things that I usually hear. One is I hear that um, you have the best looking snakes in the place. Hmm. And I don't know if that's true or not. I don't, I just know we hear that. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we get a lot of feedback that's like that, like across the room, I saw your snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you the reason is because we we end up with, like we have one table with the baby carpets. Mm-hmm. And then we have one table with the, here's what these can be one day. <laughs> here's what they'll table. grow up into. Yeah. <laughs> so Good move. <laughs> um, we, Kaya usually is kind of like the centerpiece. So we'll have like a diamond right in the middle of two bright yellow snakes. Awesome. Um, for people to look at. Um, but so the one thing is that you have beautiful snakes. The other thing is, you know, I thought carpets were mean. <laughs> and so we will usually have um, a snake out, one of the like the puppy dog tame um, snakes for little kids to take pictures with, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and, um, and just to show, and we'll hold them and just show everyone that these, these are not mean snakes. And I think that, and I think a lot, a lot of people need to do things like this if they want to, if they want to get the excitement out there for carpets. Mm-hmm. Um, the, every show in Tampa that we go to, we're getting more and more attention right now at this point. Um, and so that's exciting, but I think that having some adults on display is key. Um, yeah. cause the babies, man, as soon as yeah. you know, that first, the first thing they ask, you know, yep. is it tame? Is How it big tame? does it get? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it going to get brighter? And I'm like, yes, it's going to get brighter. And you know, they have to, they're, they're not going to believe it till they see it probably for a lot of people if, if they're yeah. not a breeder already. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then they want usually like a, a snake that their kid can hold or something. And I'm like, well, you know, 
I mean, there's there's a science to picking up a baby carpet and, you know, <laughs> going at it with your hands like it's like it's probably a bad idea. Maybe, so, you know, a little coaxing with a hook is good. Yeah. You get you, yeah, you get halfway into that spiel and, and a lot of the parents just like, yeah, Glazed never mind over. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. So um, but but I do I, I do think, though, that that's um, ha- having the adults, though, is, is key. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I um, but always did I'm, more. I always did better when I brought the mother of my bread lie out to two show to shows than if I just brought those little kind of grayish red little worms. And I'm like, yeah, they'll grow. Like when I bring her and she's all impressive and it, do, do diamonds like bread lie tend to color up if you put them under some nice bright light? I mean, I mean, they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, my, my snakes, indoor lighting, um, look different than if you bring them out in the sun, mm-hmm. if you bring out in the sun, whoo, you, all the colors yeah, start popping. Good. Yeah. So it, that again, it helps to always bring an adult out there to help, you know, bolster what's going on. Yeah. And it's a good conversation starter too. So mm-hmm. definitely. Do you do a lot of shows? So, um, right now, no, right now we do, um, the Tampa show every time there's a Tampa show and they're doing them more and more frequently now. Um, mm, we did okay. do one in Charlotte recently. Um, and that's basically at this point we're planning on doing one in Charlotte or, uh, it's like Greenville, uh, Charlotte area, North Carolina, okay. South Carolina area. We want to do a show out um, there once a year. We want to do one probably in Atlanta. I have family in Atlanta. We have family in South Carolina and mm-hmm. I even have family in Alabama. So I might do a Birmingham show, but, um, um, I do, I do just kind of in the Southeast, I do just want to kind of branch out every once in a while and just let people seek real pretty carpets. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then anyone who does carpets out there, um, you know, I, I'd love to, to try to help them in any way that I can to, you know, to get their, their projects going and get interest in what they're selling at the shows, you know, um, throughout the year. So, right. but we might just show up to one of those shows, you know? <laughs> right. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Cool. Very cool. <clears throat> so, uh. What are some of the other diamonds that you have? Yeah. Some of the other. So um, we have, um, let's see here. So I have Kaya. Um, I have, um, you know, we have Dargo. So Kaya and Dargo we put together. So that's a male. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one female that I picked up. That's a Psychotic Exotics this year, actually. And I was lucky enough to pick it up. It's a 2018. Um, and... Um, um, that was one that I was really excited about adding in. Um, I have the, um, I have one that is from, a. um, um, this was a Colorado state university professor and, um, veterinarian and he bred, um, some snakes. And so I, I ended up buying a pair from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then I bought a pair from, um, Terry Burwell of TV hmm. snakes. Yes. And I smile whenever I talk about them. I love dealing with Terry in every way. I love his snakes. And, um, I usually charge a little bit more for my snakes and people ask me, you know, about like, what's the difference in the prices on, on your snakes and his snakes. And I'm like, Oh, his are amazing. I don't know. I can't wait to breed his snakes. So <laughs> I'm like, I would buy from him. I don't know, but, um, he's great. So if you can get a Terry Burwell diamond, do it. Um, you know, they're zoo bred. Um, they're, mm-hmm. um, they're from, uh, you know, you got them from Bushmaster. So, you know, he's not all about, you know, the what line or what what zoo or right. whatever, you know, yeah. they're pure diamonds and that's what matters. And so yeah. I love that about uh, Terry Snakes. Yeah, that uh, I think it's uh, 
lateralis La, uh, yeah yeah holy <laughs> shit that's <stick> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i showed that i actually sent a picture um to terry um mm. i was like hey i just want you to know your snakes <laughs> oh, are great and he was like oh he... my god he was like can i have that can you send me like a high resolution copy of that picture like, oh, yeah. it was like was that because we were talking to terry not too long ago and i think he said that there was one snake that he was recently shown that hurt him that it was yeah. not, oh maybe that was it that's no, the one. was that him like yeah. you know that's, yeah. that's the one nice. and, uh, he also he mentioned also he was like um he didn't re- he didn't remember me at first he said um he said man i didn't have any females from that clutch left he's like there was some guy he like he talked me into buying that last female he made an offer i couldn't refuse and i was like terry that was me <laughs> i said how much is it gonna take i'm like here i'll tell you what i'll make you an absurd offer he's like oh man so, there yeah goes my I mean, <laughs> it's like when you smack this the price tag on the snake at the show that you hope that doesn't sell and then somebody comes up and wants to buy it and you're like right you know oh, shit i didn't want to sell this yeah. now what do i do uh, you, you have hard choices to make i mean come on man that happens but i th- I think you know, my, <laughs> I, I think my favorite is uh, Dargo. Um, man, the pattern on that snake is that's the problem with diamonds is you uh, can sit dude, there and you'd be like, first of all, that black one's and white. my favorite, and then you scroll down, that one's my favorite. You scroll down, that one's my, and they're all for different freaking. Damn it, Lynx is awesome too. This is too hard. Like yes. I refuse to pick Lynx. It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, no, Lynx is the one I'm talking about because it's high white at the right, front the, end, oh, and it's got like these gorgeous dots all the way down the 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 dorsal. It's oh man, wow, you could that's do this killer. I, I would like somebody with diamonds to kind of. I, I mean, we talk about all the time with the carpet clutch. You could go in ten different directions with projects. You could do that easily with diamond pythons, even more so. And I, I'd be great to see that kind of stuff. Well. I think the thing with diamonds, and mm-hmm. I guess we can maybe touch on this a little bit, is like I think sometimes the the, the diamond python world sort mm-hmm. of focuses on bloodlines as opposed to like producing cool animals, nicer diamonds, <laughs> right? <laughs> if that makes sense, right? It's all about like sort of uh, to diamond. Wow, that enough. just seems to be my impression that they're. It it just seems to be about making. More San Diego Zoo, more Riverbank Zoo, more you know Gary Valle. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you have any idea? Do you have any like what? What's your what's your breeding? Are you just trying to make nicer snakes? Do you have a particular phenotype? Are you looking for black and whites, high yellow? It doesn't matter. All of the above. I like I like offering both. Mm-hmm. I think that um, some people do like the black and whites, and and they they look great. And then sometimes you get like the black and white with yellow, and that looks yeah. great too. And then you have like the you know that TV snakes. I don't even know what that is. That that gold. <laughs> I don't even understand that one. Yeah, it's so sense. beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So they 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 come in all different um, um, colors and everything. I, I, so I, I and patterns. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like all of them, and I, and I think people should um, be able to pick which one they want. Yeah. Um, so I like I'd like to be able to offer a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay. And as far as lines go, so I think that lines are. Um, to me, they hopefully help us better establish like maybe the purity of a diamond sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, sure. if someone can tell you the background of the snake and where they got it from and that sort of thing. Right. But I'm perfectly comfortable buying a snake um, from like, you know, from Cam at, at Bushmaster. And if, and if he just says, hey, this is zoo bread, I don't even need to know which zoo it is or anything like that. And um, um, I'd be um, very comfortable with that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I care more about purity than I do about the line. Uh, personally and as far as like cypress creek goes 
I maybe you know more about it than me, but my thought is if it's pure, then um, maybe it doesn't add as much legal validity to a project, but mm-hmm. more genetic diversity to the project. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know if that genetic diversity is, is necessarily a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. My, my thinking on purity in all carpet pythons, because I think this, I, I don't know. I think that the more and more I, I, I look at it and, look at wild carpet pythons and the variability and the idea that somehow we have these, you know, I don't know, seven different bloodlines from all these different subspecies or speed, who knows what they're going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, to be but, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards the idea of, you know, if I guess you have to take somebody's word for it at some point. Mm. And like, I guess I guess what you're saying is sort of like where I'm at, right? If somebody's saying that this is legit and you trust that person, well, I'm going to go with it. You know what I mean? And there's going to be people out there that don't agree with that. And that's fine. Just don't buy the snake from me. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Nothing else I can do here. Yeah. I don't know. I I get the idea. Like I do, I I, I would want to have, you know, pure, whatever, but I, I just don't know what that means to me anymore, I guess. Mm. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> Does, I mean, I don't I, deal with diamonds, so it's not really something that I have. Quiet, to. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just think, I think that, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, when people are doing like their Diamond Jungle Jack projects or whatever, you know, mm. and they're, 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 um, mixing in different things with the diamonds. I just don't think they should sell the offspring as full diamonds. You oh, know yeah. I, mean? no, I, I no, worry about shit. things like that. Yeah, that is, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. mean, you know? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm more <laughs> concerned about things like that. <laughs> right. Um, then, you know. That's the line. How, I mean, that's how too was, far. You know, is this from a zoo? And, you know, did, where did this... You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a little bit less concerned. I'm more concerned about the purity of the diamond than mm-hmm. anything. And just the background of the diamond. And, yeah. As yeah. opposed to the okay. bloodlines, you know, it's a pure diamond. That's the main thing. And then if you really want to start getting into the nitty gritty, oh. you can get into that. But I think you you, you made this point, I think, is yeah. sort of like the whole idea that, and I, I fell into this too, but I never got to the point where I was going to start to outcross it, right? So I wanted mm-hmm. to have the different lines because I wanted to be able to outcross and mix and match these different lines. Not, not so much to preserve the bloodline, but mm-hmm. to sort of be able to have genetic diversity breeding options. within my breeding projects, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Very cool. All right. Uh, maybe we should get into keeping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us let's, how let's you talk about what are your setups and what do you got everybody set up in? Cause you have some pretty unique, cool little setups and stuff like that. So little, like, huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Um, I, so as, let's talk about, um, you know, indoor, outdoor, I guess. Um, sure. I think that anyone who's keeping, um, a lot of diamonds or breeding diamonds should at least have the thought occur to them. Um, sometimes that would these snakes do better if they were outside? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I have, um, I have one of the, the Crutchfield diamonds and a lot of people have seen his setup. Uh, it's on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, how practical is that for everyone? I'm not sure. I, um, 
you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about diamond Python syndrome, you know, a lot of times that comes up. Sure. Um, yeah, but, we can. Um, I have read on the forums where in Australia, where they have these outdoor enclosures and the snakes are still getting diamond Python syndrome. Mm. And, and, and the thought is too much direct sunlight there, you know, if you can't manage how much heat they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. So then, um, you know, then, then that can cause problems, metabolic issues. And so, um, you know, when I'm looking at an outdoor enclosure, I, uh, so that's my number one consideration is, you know, how much sunlight will this get year round mm -hmm. if I'm going to keep the snake out here year round and, um, can it get away from the heat? You know, do I need to have something like, um, do I need to dig down, you know, to give it someplace cool to go to or mm -hmm. sure. and what's involved in that? Um, and, um, I know if I do eventually, um, build something outdoors. I probably will consult like someone like Jason Hood. And I know he's, he's been doing some building outside and, mm -hmm. you know, um, I want someone with experience to kind of guide me there in, in uh, Florida, especially we have tons of humidity, rust, there's rain. Mm -hmm. so there's all kinds of things that I'd be concerned about. And, you know, and then just the, you know, there's security for two things I, I, I would be concerned about. One is, um, you know, we have like, I mean, I hear coyotes sometimes howling yeah, out back. Yeah. I hear, you know, there's all kinds of different, um, you know, wildlife out here, predators that, um, could mess with my snakes. And then, um, and then also, you know, there's, um, people who, you know, come yeah. in and, and steal your stuff. Yeah. That, um, that recently happened to Tom, I think it was. Yes. And he's out in the middle of nowhere, I think. Yeah, right. And yeah. so, and I'm in, I'm, you know, in like a subdivision. Right. And, um, you know, where, you know, people can more easily jump in your backyard, grab something and run. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I think about things like that. Um, um, but the, the, my number one concern is that like, if I have them indoors, as far as temperature goes, um, at least I, I have a pretty strong control of the ambient temp that's going on there right. and, um, and the, and offering them, um, um, really easy way to get out of basking mm -hmm. heat if they want it. Um, whereas I think outdoors, sometimes they can't and, and diamonds, I mean, I have some that are, um, they move around a lot and I have some that just kind of stay in one spot and they're pretty lazy. Okay. Um, and so, you know, if, if you have one that just says, you know, I'm pretty comfortable here, I'm not going to move. I'm just going to stay and hang out here in the heat. This is fine. And, um, but is it fine though? Mm -hmm. You know, um, in the long run, is that going to be fine for the snake? So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, they need the, the gradient is almost what it seems to be like, you know, is, they they need to be able to like you said get away from it and i don't think and that that almost doesn't seem to be in the head of most people who are thinking snakes need heat and they don't think that maybe it's too much or can be excessive and kind of backtrack it there so that makes a lot of sense with the whole digging down thing i like that idea um at one point i mm -hmm. was speaking with um actually with Nick about something else. And he, and, you know, we talked diamonds for a second and he was mm -hmm. saying, and he, and he planted this idea and I'm never going to forget it now. Um, what if you can build something where they can go outside, you know, they can be inside in your diamond mm -hmm. room and then go outside and then just migrate back in whenever they want. And <laughs> right. so I've been trying to figure that one out, you know, <laughs> I'm perfectly willing to do it. I have the space and, you know, and, and, um, um, and I'm will, I'm willing to invest in it if I can, you know, if I can figure out a way. So I still mm -hmm. think about that, th that too, you know, it, I, I just think with the diamonds, they just, it has to feel easy to them. Right. Um, to move around and 
Um, speaking of that, so my current um, enclosures you'll see on my website, and, and mm-hmm. maybe by the time um, you listen to this, you know, I'll have already switched out my enclosures. But um, but for right now, the current enclosures, um, there's a, um, I make a lot of use out of vertical space. Mm-hmm. And um, I've noticed that like some of my males, especially the younger ones, they will haul butt up and down, and <laughs> they're all over the place, and they love it. Um, I've got um, Kaya, the, the large female. Um, she's in like a six by four by two enclosure, six foot tall. And so she will climb up sometimes. And most of the time, though, she'll just kind of hang hang around like in the, like she'll make use of about three feet of that enclosure of the vertical space. And she'll make full use of the horizontal. Um, so my thinking on diamond enclosures has changed a little bit where um, um, like, for example, I have had probably for nine months now. Um, some enclosures on order with animal plastics. And I got an email from them yesterday oh boy. telling me we think we're going to ship it next week. Uh, and so, wait, that is Ali, Ali sent me, sent me an email and, and, um, these are not small orders, you guys. So right. <laughs> there's a lot of money tied up in these orders. And so I'm like, this is my whole diamond room and we're going to breeding season. So I'm like really interested in what's going to happen with these enclosures. And, um, <laughs> but um love the responses we think we'll do it next week oh okay yeah i'm like thank well, you, you know, <laughs> like, okay <We'll> see. <sighs> and then i'm like well maybe if you want to save on freight there's this other order too i put in <laughs> my jungles and you can include maybe that maybe you too. Can just put them yeah. all in one package <clears throat> no all right <laughs> what if um but um but so i'm like so we have we have the current uh, my large diamond enclosure i'm using now mm. um is six tall um by um, four foot wide by two deep okay. and the my next we'll call it the second generation animal plastics enclosure is kind of going the other way instead of six tall it's six foot wide okay okay um, so by four foot high okay by two foot deep so okay. i just kind of like swapped out um the the height and the width so i'm like giving them though. more we're, we're staying with the same like mm-hmm. you know cubic cubic feet but um but we're giving more to that width and i think that from what i've watched of their temperament they'll appreciate that more and as far as just going four four foot high i think four feet is fine yeah Um, oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. i mean that's so a retic size cage like that's awesome and they're going to use all that space too which is great yeah um i have some um right now that i have some diamonds some smaller ones that are in six foot tall by two by two okay 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 so um i do have um um i, I drilled you know the the holes in between mm-hmm. on the top and the bottom of that six foot height enclosure um and and the males they use it i have a female that absolutely will not she stays in one spot up by the basking heat up in her hide and that concerns me because i'm just like you know, what if what if the best thing for her health after an hour or two of basking is to get out of the heat? Mm-hmm. She just doesn't want to go down. She doesn't think she'll be able to make it back up or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think about these things. And so and this is why I'm there's some some of them, I think, are will thrive with the all that vertical space. And some of them, I, I wonder if they if they just won't. So um, of the ones that are six by two by two, I have switched it now to six foot wide mm-hmm. by two by two. Right. So all that vertical space just went horizontal. You put that on top of a four by two or uh, um, the, 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 the six by four by two. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, a nice wall of, of, of two big cages. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. So my diamond room mostly is going to consist of that setup where you have the huge um, 
a six foot wide by four by two and the six foot wide by two by two on top of that for some of the smaller snakes. And I won't be opposed to putting two males together every once in a while, so long as I could slap a divider in there during feeding time. Um, they do fine together. So that's awesome. I know it's weird, but the male diamonds are, they do good. If you accidentally end up with two of them in an enclosure, they're chill. Really? <laughs> me and yeah. Rob were, me and Rob, it's funny, me and Rob were talking about this the other day. And recently he, uh, he, he has his uh, uh, tree boas that he sort of kept the whole. I think there was what three males in that picture he sent Owen with one female. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's he was thinking like, does this stimulate breeding? Mm -hmm. And I we were talking about it, and I was like, huh, you know, I wonder if that's uh, that's something that you could use for diamond pythons because you know it seems that when if you look at any of the papers that were written with diamond pythons, they talk about like you know couple males with one female, uh, mm -hmm. you know in in the area when they're in during mating season or something like that um where you see one female but you see multiple males and so maybe that's sort of like uh you know i don't know tricks are in the ovulate i mean i know you can do it without it where you just have a pair but i'm just wondering if that makes a little bit difference i think what keeps people from doing that probably mm. is that knowing who the sire of the clutch is right right you know, right like, right they would i don't know if know. that matters to people to me personally i don't if you look at some of the inland, I think it's the uh, the uh, I want to say it's the Schofield um, bloodline. Like if you look on Nick Mutton's site at the mm. at the lineage chart, the, he doesn't know which male sired the, the original <laughs> clutch. So if it's okay for somebody like Frank Schofield to do it. Why? Why well, I'm so, all right like, with it. Hesitant yeah. <laughs> to do it. You know. I don't know. I don't know. But we could talk about that later about breeding and whatnot. But uh, do you do uh, perching and, and and whatnot? Or are you doing, I, I noticed you have like little shelves, shelves that go yeah. all the way up. I, I, I do think that, um, I think that shelves are ideal. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. And uh, as far as resources go for diamonds um, and diamond breeding, um, you know, we have, um, I, I have some of these books here next to me. So we have like, you know, the, of course the complete carpet Python, mm -hmm. um, right. And there's some good information in there. Um, this one here, Keeping and Breeding Australian Pythons. I don't know if you guys have seen this. No, oh, damn yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> it's the one I don't have. This book <laughs> is really good. Yes. And and the information on diamonds um, um, is um, spot on. Mm. And I found, so, you know, before breeding season this year, I go through all of my materials that I've had. I've gone through these every season. I'm going through them again. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm finding that... I was taking almost all the advice out of this particular book, the one, the Keeping and Breeding Australian Pythons. The, the, um, and, and one of the things he talks about in there is having like a, um, um, like a shelf uh -huh. that is all, or, or um, a shelf that's also doubles as um, like a, a, a upper hide. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So um, that's what you see in the pictures that I sent you um, with Kaya's enclosure is that she'll be up there on a shelf um, basking underneath her, um, She'll have her basking bulb and she even has some UVB up there mm -hmm. and everything. And then, um, but also you see the circles, the holes in there where she can go in and hang out and, um, you know, and, and hide at night. At night, she disappears. She's in there. Right. Um, and so, and that's, that, that's a, um, you, you know, a, um, a boreal hide. So. Very cool. Yeah. Um, do you have, so I recent I'm curious with this with the setup are you putting the UV and the heat together like in the same basking spot? So um I do have them near each other yes. Mm -hmm. Um 
with the new um, setup, my the generation two enclosures, I'm going to separate them a little bit okay. to where I'll have heat on one side and then I'll have UBB not on the other side, but next to it to where if they want to get out of one and get over to the other, they can they get can. more of one of the other. Um, so that that's my my current plan. And with the new enclosures right now, I'm using like I think they're the you know like the compact fluorescent bulbs or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm going to end up going with like the long tubes and and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm definitely going to um, include UVB in all of my um, diamond enclosures. I'm given that option. I have seen Kaya get under her light um, where she has heat over here and she has UVB over here and she'll hang out under the UVB sometimes. Um, it's not all the time though, um, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I still feel like um, it's better to have some. Mm-hmm. I would not have too much, but I think it's better to have some than none in right. the enclosures. And I would, yeah. I would rather lean that direction with it, honestly. Right. Okay. Very cool. So um, I guess now that you're going six feet, six foot wide. Wide, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have the same type of basking shelves in that situation now that it's further apart or are they going to be more like uh, a horizontal, like maybe three going across as opposed to like the ones you have now, which is like one on each side, sort of like steps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, not so, steps, but <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I like, I, I like to have like the little platforms and everything. Right. Um, I like to give them options um, right. and especially even for climbing. But I do think like like in my AP cages that are coming, you know, they all have the shelf. Mm-hmm. I've had the shelf put in all of them. So I think you should have one big basking shelf going across the whole top. And then they have the option of going down. So I am going to add in some more like little shelves for them gotcha. um, underneath still. So I'll be making my own enhancements to them for sure. Um, as far as perches go, though, I don't really see them use perches much. Like just like one single two by two by two or something or one by one by one. I mean, right. You know, I don't really see them use those much. Um, mm-hmm. They're more likely to just hang out on a full shelf, you know, where they can just coil up and huh. and chill. So, so it's the big I may have to try first. to. Uh, I might. So I used to use um, a shelf, mm-hmm. and I went to like more of like naturalistic branches to where they're kind of like forked in multiple spots. And immediately when I put them in the cage, they were all over those things. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. they're like scrub pythons. I can't get them off the the the, the branch. It's kind of annoying <laughs> because they're in that food, uh, you know, food mode. You mm-hmm. know? And it's, it's, it's kind of. I, I uh, almost feel like bigger bodied Morelia will appreciate a rock ledge or shelf more than a thinner stick. I mean, they'll sit on it, but I mean, I've seen most of my larger, carpets morelia really for them to really get excited about a stick it needs to be almost as thick as my arm and then they kind of almost drape over well, that's it like a you know a green tree python but it's kind of half-assed so it's very much like a shelf kind of a thing a- any kind of thinner stick in there well the ones i have yeah are yeah. real thick like right real, so like, i mean i treat- i i can't get my younger carpets interested in perching and stuff like that they just don't care so huh. they prefer a flat surface to sit on top of. Very cool. Okay. All right. So that's your adults, but how do you keep the younger ones? Yeah, the little do you ones. Do anything different? So, um, you know, if we're talking about the the babies, you know, I'm gonna keep I keep them like I do, my, you know, my jungle babies. Okay. So they're just in like the I put them in like V18s. Um, give them like the little um, landscaping. Um, 
the mesh. Um, what do you call fence. that? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. mesh. You know, I cut it out mm-hmm. and let them climb up on that. Right. And then um, I'll usually give them um, two hides, one on either side, or just mm-hmm. one kind of in the middle. And I have seen them move it around a little bit. If I just do one, they just uh-huh. kind of will move it wherever they want it. Okay. Um, and um, and they seem to be do good like that. Um, as they get bigger now, I actually um, and I have this on the website. So they are in um, clear Sterilite tubs that have two, um, we'll call them perches, but they're two PVC pipes that kind of act as um, almost like a shelf, but they can climb in the middle of it. So Mm -hmm. you get more than one perch um, and they're close enough, like I said, where they can lay and rest on it, but also they can go in between if they want um, Mm -hmm. and climb up and down. So um, I have used this, I use this for jungles and I've used it for diamonds and they seem to thrive with it as they get a little bigger. I put them in a little bit bigger tub and then eventually they'll end up in a large adult, um, you know, enclosure. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Cool. So let's, let's, I mean, the key thing with that separates diamonds from other carpets is the temperatures you keep them at. Are you mm-hmm. doing anything? What's, what are you doing as far as that goes? So, um, I think that with, with diamonds there are two things that are, um, uh, critical, um, as far as heating goes. And I would say one, one is, um, definitely, you know, basking heat. If you have a choice, if you have a choice, use basking heat, mm-hmm. um, meaning like a bulb that you turn on and off and you don't have it on 12 hours a day necessarily. Right. Um, and then, um, uh, ventilation. And mm-hmm. so your ventilation, like on my cages I have right now, um, it's an open front wire mesh and no they don't hurt their noses on it they don't rub their noses in it um i've had people ask that before um i, I mean I, you know i take that back maybe during breeding season my males i've seen them they get a little yeah they're wanting out but you know other than that no they they're fine they, they like it and um so but what what that what happens is is when that basking light goes off, you turn your heat at, um, heat off, mm-hmm. um, your your enclosure cools down much quicker that way. So as long as your room is is a, um, a cool ambient temp, the whole enclosure is going to cool off and your snake's going to cool off. And um, keeping a diamond cool um, is, um, is, I think, critical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I see, um, and you may see them too sometimes, people will be selling adult diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um um adult diamond females even i think i saw one on fauna recently and this is like a seven-year-old snake you know when diamond python syndrome starts to show its symptoms Uh. seven years it's it's seven years is the magical number go on to the australian forums Mm -hmm. and they say seven years is when it usually you're going to start to see something's weird with the snake Mm. and um so I wonder if just so many people in the states just struggle with these snakes um Mm -hmm. With, with keeping them cool enough and then it comes back and bites them or maybe they pick up a snake that's four years old mm-hmm. and the damage is already mostly done and they right. don't even know it yet you know um so again when we talk about diamond python syndrome um i'm of the school that where i believe it's a, a metabolic metabolic issue that and that's all about heat um where they're just kept too warm mm-hmm. and the snakes need a long um a winter period um and and I also believe that they need to have much cooler ambient temps. Um, so if I ever lean any direction, it's always going to be to turn the basking lights off and the heat off early, earlier than later. Um, 
because I just don't know. I don't know if anyone really knows for sure what the magic number is as far as heat goes. But right. um, I prefer to keep like my ambient temp during, um, you know, uh, spring and fall and summer. My ambient temp is usually going to hang around in the mid 70s to upper 70s max. Okay. Yeah. And and that's probably about it. It can go down. It can dip into the low 70s. But I usually kind of hang out in the 70s. And yeah. if I was reading right um the temps in some of where some of some of the diamonds are like it'll get in australia it'll be in the 60s a lot at night Mm -hmm. so you'll have like a warm warm day and a really cool evening right and so i don't think it's going to hurt the snakes at all to have them um even during you know during um some of the warmer months to have them cold cooler at night yeah um so um but yeah so i um i try to stay away from the 80s as far as ambient temps go period okay you know um, and I even do that. I even think with my jungles, you know, I, the cool side, I, I need the cool side of the cage to actually be in the seventies. I want them to have that option. You know, yeah. here you have some, the warm side, you have some, and maybe even some basking heat. I even like my jungles to have basking heat. Right. And so, um, you know, and then if they want to cool off, here's some access to the seventies. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people do that. No, I would agree. I, yeah. I think my, my, the more and more that I've, uh, I don't know, evolved as a keeper or whatever, especially with diamond pythons, the more and more I believe that with carpets just in general, that having a basking spotlight, like mm-hmm. a light to where they can bask under rather than a heat pad or a radiant heat panel or something like that, to me, is sort of the way to go, right? Because I would agree. I think they're going to bask for a few hours. Mm-hmm. They're going to get away into that cooler area like you think about it when i mean just when oh and when we were in northern territory do you see any carpets out during the day when it was hell 100 no. plus degrees yeah, hell, like no. A, hell no and if you we know? and if we did it's or i want to say that the, if we found when did we snakes, find a carpet in the middle of the freaking night like in and how the dark how, what was the temperature degrees, this was like a darwin it was, and it was yeah. 70 degrees right so so it i would say that we found more snakes in the twilight to yeah, evening hours because that's when everything started moving. Was when it was cool enough. I mean, I, I don't think we found a single snake during the daylight hours, unless you want to count that. I'll uh, not all python, that water python that we found because it was in the nook of a tree and we dragged its ass. I mean, it came out on its own willingly. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the only thing I think we found in daylight. Do you think that people are afraid to keep their their pythons like if they're cooler going like is there that pythons, stigma or did that you have a hard block? time with that like trying to adjust that i think that um i think that people are afraid of um like getting ris and stuff i think they're afraid of getting them too cool mm-hmm. and um i'll tell you that i um i sold um a jungle to um to one guy mm-hmm. and um i don't know what the ambient temp was in the room but this is this is in the winter time um, but that snake did get an RI and, and, and he did lose the, the snake mm-hmm. and, um, I felt really bad for him, but I think it's because I, I, I asked multiple times to go see what room it's in with my temp gun. I'm like, I'll come give you all the support I can to mm-hmm. see what's going on with, with this room. And, um, it was a younger guy, um, um, a kid basically. And so, um, but I think he probably had that snake in a, in a room that was like ambient of like 60 something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. a jungle, right. a jungle baby. And I'm like, all right, so 
that little heat pad is not going to be able to keep up with that, that ambient temp. And, um, so yeah, so he ended up losing his snake. So I think that people hear about experiences like that or have experiences like that, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're just, maybe they just have like, you know, maybe they had a a 10 gallon setup Mm -hmm. with maybe, you know, a ball Python or one of their friends did, you know, and it just had a bulb, a light bulb and they turn it off at night. And now the room's getting into the sixties and the snake gets an RI. And, and so I, I think people are afraid, um, uh, to get their snakes cool. But I think there's a difference though, in getting into like, you know, the sixties and low sixties and, you know, in the, the mid seventies. Okay. Know, so, right. Yeah. So, um, with, with, with heating and lighting and stuff like that, it kind of goes hand in hand with like feeding. So, mm-hmm. um, how, what is your approach to feeding these guys? Cause that's something that we've always been, at least what I was told when I kind of tried and failed at diamond pythons is don't feed them too much. So, um, how is your feed cycle around the younger guys all the way up to the adults? Okay. So, um, the younger guys, um, when they're really small, Mm. I try for every seven days if I can. Okay. Um, and they're not always going to eat, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but a lot of times they do. And so, and I'll I'll start off with, um, um, the mouse fuzzies and then try to get them up to hoppers as quickly as I can. Um, and then, um, um, as they get a little bit older, we're going to move up to 10 days, um, as we get into larger meals, mm-hmm. um, and then, um, two weeks. And with my adults, I'm at, um, roughly around three weeks okay. is where I'm at. And I don't give them large meals. I don't, I mean, I, I usually will keep like some decent sized quail or, um, sometimes some medium rats on standby, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's going to be just like a decent sized small rat mm-hmm. that they get, um, so yeah, I don't I don't feed them heavily. Um, and um, when when I acquired Kaya, Kaya was I felt like she was a little bit overweight, and immediately you know we we were on a small rat diet. So mm-hmm. and I have a jungle that's that way too. So <laughs> immediately, immediate, So basically, you don't go above medium rat maximum. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I because I mean we've seen we've all seen pictures of the diamonds that they pull out of the bush and they're massive and they've like eaten clearly eaten like a cat or something else like that. Um, so I, I do know there's some people that push for certain species of Python that can get larger. They said that it needs to be to, to have success. It needs to be larger. Like the ones that come to mind are olives, blackheads, diamonds, things like that. So you would say that you could totally have success keeping them on the smaller side. Um, that, that, that's what, that is my current approach right now. Okay. And, and I definitely believe that's true of, of the male. So I think that a small male, um, can be a very productive breeder right? and, um, a young, small, you know, smaller male. So you do not, I, I would not get them big. Um, and, um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, um, there, there was a video recently that, um, it was the, the, the Timor guy, the gourmet rodent guy. I don't know if you guys watched yeah, that video. Yeah, yeah, I do know But that. he's like, he's like, feed them. And so, you know, and he said that was a key to success with with uh, Timors. I don't know if you guys, you know, what is your thoughts on that? I haven't heard your opinion on that as far as um, they said. He said, you know, people were saying it takes years and years before they're willing to breed or before they're going to breed, before they'll go. And he said, no, it's just because you're not feeding the females enough. Uh, what do you think? I would say that there's many ways to skin a cat when it comes to breeding. Um, I would say they either get into your routine or you have success breeding another way. I would say definitely feeding heavy going into breeding season with 
certain species is going to do it for them. Other ones, they're not going to give a damn. Like, it's just going to be the way it is. So I um, definitely put the food to my Timors, but it's not like a run at them and hit them with a rat every week or two weeks or whatever. I usually tend to just give them, offer them larger meals. So, you know, jumbo size rats or um, if I have them, because every once in a while I get the bags of bunnies that I get from my retic, they have like the small ones that just kind of get crammed in the bottom. So they'll, the team wars will take those too. Um, but I won't push them and they're big animals when they, they kind of are deceptive like that. Like you look at them and you're like, you're not that long. And then I pull them out of the cage. You're like, Jesus Christ, you're like, you know, eight, nine foot like that, like, and it's deceptive. So um, I would say that they can get big quickly, but I, I, I don't think mine are fat. I don't, See, they're lean, they're quick as God, anything. So, and I would say my male moves and um, I offered him a chance to get into the female's cage and he took it the first day I gave it to him. And then I've been offering him a chance to go back into his own cage and he won't take it. So nice. I, that's, I don't that's know. Good. I, that, like I said, there's probably 10 different ways to skin the cat. My next experiment is I'm going to take him out put him in his own cage and see how long it takes him to find his way back to the girl. But mm -hmm. I don't want to like torpedo the breeding season because I was curious. So right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would say that you could probably do that. I would say definitely if you don't offer a good amount of food going into breeding season, you might not have success with certain types. What What is he equating feeding heavy to? Like, is he... So, um, I was, um, and this, now we're talking about, um, uh, Mike Lehman was talking and mm -hmm. they were asking him, you know, what you're, you're very successful with all your Timors, you know, with breeding them every year. And there's what do you think? Simplify it. They're like, simplify it. What's your key? What's uh -oh. the key here? Okay. And he's like, feed them. Cool. And he's like, if you <laughs> feed them, they will breed for sure. And, um, and if you don't, you're going to have problems with them breeding. Mm. And I said, okay. And he said, he didn't say make them fat. He mm -hmm. said, no, 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 no. He's not talking about obese snakes, but he's like the females, especially the man, you should get them right there where you're kind of like, is this, is this snake almost obese or not? Mm -hmm. And that's, he's like, you're probably good right there. Okay. But is it a matter? I, I guess I should have asked that question better. Is it a matter of he's feeding like every couple of days, every week, every did he get into that or that's the know. problem is my Timors will eat. It's not like, really a it doesn't a, matter. No, it's yeah. a it's a I, size thing that you're trying to get to type of thing. He he made a joke and I don't know if it was in poor taste or I don't even know if it was a joke, but uh -huh. he said, you know, feed them enough until they until they vomit and then that's kind of and then back it off just a hair. <laughs> that's gonna be where where you should be feeding them my um, god okay. <laughs> i know i, know. Why would I, I don't do know that? if this is true i don't i you know i don't do this with any of my snakes right. yeah, yeah i'm just we're talking team wars only by the right, way right, right. God, talking yeah. diamonds yeah. or jungles but i'm just like i don't know i'm just i'm I reading all about team wars right now and i'm trying the... to figure it out yeah um and i'm gonna put my head together with billy billy just got some more team wars too so he <laughs> said i got three and he's like that's it i'm gonna have more than you clay and i'm like all right so i'm like we're, i'm like we're gonna put our heads together on these so send notes to me like what you keep keep track of your conversation and then just send the notes over here to me because i, I kind of between the three of us we have like what 12 come on so I yeah. kind of think it might be the timing 
of the year. I think it's timing. Yep. I think that, I think with Python breeders, a lot of times they follow that Burmese ball python approach to breeding. Well, I shouldn't even say ball pythons because that's not even the case anymore. They (laughs) breed all year long. (laughs) You know, that's totally changed. But I remember back in the early days of trying to breed them, it was sort of like, well, it's sort of like what we do with carpets Mm. and these species that maybe experience more uh, temperature fluctuations. But I think with those Indonesian pythons, I don't know. I seem to think they cycle off of pressure, feeding, there, I've, uh, I've light cycles. More people have success with things like white lips outside of the normal yes carpet breeding season. So right. I think because yeah. they're not. I think that you're seeing more people have success with species like that because mm-hmm. I think that people are keeping smaller collections. Mm-hmm. They're more in tune with those species that they're keeping. So instead of doing the stupid stuff like what I did, where you had fifteen extra python special projects you know whereas if you have one or two so it's different than what you normally would do right um you might have more success because you might be more dialed in it's easier i mean i don't know isn't it it is for me if you have less animals you got less things to look at which means you're spending more time with watching observing individuals rather than just going well, through the motions. And it's also know. just cramming it into the box. Like I've been trying to breed water pythons the past two years because my male and my female were of age, of age on the same plane of carpet python ages. So this past year, both my male and my female put on a considerable amount of size. So it's right. like, okay. And now I feel more confident trying to breed them this coming season than I have the past two seasons because they both grew The female looks way more of a mature python than she did last year. So I'm like, all right, maybe now we'll have success. But this going on that, like she's almost seven at this point. And if you're thinking about carpet python, four years old, she should be breeding. So I would say water pythons would probably be four years old too, but I I don't know. Apparently it won't go. Well, I got to get more liasses under my belt. Otherwise, Billy's just going to run me out of you know house and home here. You know, I think there might now that that I'm thinking about it as we're talking about this. I mm. think that maybe there is some validity to the to getting the female fed, right? Mm-hmm. Because perhaps in those Indonesian islands that they're on, they gorge. And they then need to nothing. feel that they're have enough reserves to mm-hmm. sort of produce a clutch because it takes a lot out of her and. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is some validity to that. Either way, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play with it. I'll figure it I'll out. I'll watch love. you guys try to make two more pythons. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful snakes. Okay. Awesome. So, so, so what about breeding diamonds? Like, yeah. So, um, I'll say like as far as the um, uh, one tip, um, I would. Um, I know there's there's a lot of excitement right now about like having mm-hmm. more females and a lot of people are everyone's trying to get a female right now. I do believe and you guys kind of touched on this earlier. I believe having enough males is important. And um I know last year mm-hmm. um I had more than one male that um uh, you know I, I would do kind of like what what they what you read about where they say you know you you, you put one in for a couple of days and you put your next one in and then and I kind of rotated them and watched them. Mm-hmm. And um 
Um, and, and I know that if you read like the shine papers, you know, he talks about where he says like, you know, multiple males are breeding with the same female. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have that experience. And I know that I've read where others also have said they have not had that experience. A lot of times the female apparently does really take to one male or, mm-hmm. or is it one male that takes to the female? I don't know, but I had one male that was extremely prolific and he was younger, smaller. Right. And, um, he was, um, um, he was interested in all the females. And as soon as he realized that one female was especially was definitely ovulating, he was, he just could not, I could not keep him out of her cage. <laughs> um, so, but the, and then I had another male that just not interested at all. Hmm. Never was the whole time. Huh. And then another male that I was like, maybe you're just too young. So, but my point is though, is that I could have easily had a different year if it wasn't for having that third male that was ready to go right out of the gate yeah so um i don't know if that is a key um i'm it for me it just felt like um if i would have had one female and the three males and one of and and that one male would have made all the difference in the world um so that that's what i'm thinking yeah Um, sometimes you just got one male um, i mean that's the first thing so i do think having more than one male is important Mm -hmm. um and um uh, but as far as um, um, cooling them and everything, so basically, uh, let's just say coming into the breeding season, um, the females are going to get an extra meal or two, right? They're right before. Um, my um, diamonds, the last meal they had um, this year was around uh, Halloween, October 31st. So, um, and then at that point, after that last meal, we're probably looking at about four months of no food at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and this is all based on temps and based on what I know happens in, in the climate here, cause I'm going to have to be able to keep the room cool once, it, once we do go. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, after, um, Halloween, we went for about three weeks. I went about three weeks and then I slowly started to bring the temp down in the room. So I'm going down about 10 degrees and by the fourth week, if, it, if everything looks right. So we're after Thanksgiving, I'm going to go ahead and just, the door comes open fan comes on the room's going to be cold um and um and it's going to stay that way till about mid-february now um so meanwhile let's talk about lighting and everything mm-hmm. um so during so we have the, the um for about two weeks i have my um mild ambient drop um reduce the light uvb by an hour um the basking and no change so my basking normal uh, time is about five hours. Okay. So the timer for the basking lights about five hours normally. Um, so initially no change to that, but, um, but I do back down the UVB and the light by an hour. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm getting into, um, December 1st. Okay. So now we're going to start going into the fifties. So, um, at this point now we're going to drop the light and the UVB two more hours. Okay. So now we're down about seven hours the basking light is going to, or the basking heat is going to go down to about four hours. It's going to stay like that. So I'm not going to go less than four hours. And a lot of that can depend on your room too. Mm -hmm. And on, on your enclosure, my enclosures are very well ventilated. So if you believe that your diamond Python only needs, you know, if you wanted to have two hours of good heat, well, it's going to take a while for my enclosure just to heat up anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I kind of want to lean to the cautious side and make sure that they're getting enough time for that, but for that heat to build up. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm going to keep mine at. 
um, is about the, the lowest I go is four hours on the timer for basking. Mm-hmm. And then we stay cold just like that. No change the whole month of December, January, mid February is when, um, things I'm going to slowly start bringing things back. So low sixties, increase the basking up, um, to, um, five hours, increase the light, the UVB to nine hours. And then one more week goes by mm-hmm. and now we're going to go in the low seventies, increase the light, in the UVB to 10 hours. And then one more week. And now we're at the very end of February now. So here we go. This is it. And this is where I'm going to crank up the heat. We're going to be at 78 degrees at night ambient. I'm actually going to have a heater in the room to make sure the snakes know everything has changed for sure. If you had any doubt in your mind, right. Um, Mm -hmm. we're now at 82 ambient during the day, which is not going to be normal for the year round Mm -hmm. 78 degrees at night. Um, basking heat is up an extra hour from the usual. It's up six hours. Okay. The light in the UVB is up to 12 hours, which normally during the rest of the year, it's at 10. Mm -hmm. So everything has changed in this room until I get eggs. (laughs) Okay. And then when I have eggs, now we're going to go back, back to, to normal. As usual. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of like how my, my approach is. And then and again, back to normal is going to be back to where the ambient is going to be low seventies to midish seventies and, um, you know, 10 hours for the light and the UVB, by the way, I say 10 hours, but I also have a curtain. So the curtain is there so that they're going to get, they're like, um, you know, like eight to six, um, is what they're getting, but then the um, as far as the, the timer goes for the light and the UVB, but they still have light coming in from outside still in the mornings okay. and the evenings, so they're probably truly getting about twelve hours. Um, okay. But um, but yeah, um, and then a basking of five hours. So okay. and I know some people go basking of eight. I've heard of that. I've heard of people going less than five hours on basking, but again, I think it really depends on um, on what what is the ventilation like on your enclosure. You know, right. does it does it build up heat or does it like mine really don't build up heat? I actually had to add plexiglass mm. a little bit, like a little bit up towards the top to kind of insulate some of that upper area to hold some of that heat in. With the new, I'm curious with the new AP cages, do you have, did they add special ventilation for you? I was afraid to ask for that. Cause I didn't know if it would add on like it a takes lot longer to my order. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. special I, cuts. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because, you know, I told you like they just emailed me mm. last night. I had trouble sleeping mm. because I was thinking about how I'm going to ventilate these AP cages. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know, because you can I'll probably, you know, make some sort of like rectangular, you know, squares or something, you know, you know, you drill and then right. you saw it or whatever yeah. and then put sure. in like some. Yeah. So I have some ideas of what I'm going to do, but I'm definitely going to ventilate the heck out of these cages. So because they're glass on the front. You know, so yeah. I'm gonna. It's all gonna have to be on the back or the sides, but I'm gonna guess that I want to keep structural integrity on the sides, mm. and so I'm probably can only I'll mess with the back a little bit, upper, lower, mainly probably in the lower, um, and on one side. So I just I want them to have a, a cool side and a cool bottom, you know, down there, and and um, just if they want the heat, I want them to easily be able to get to the basking heat and easily get away. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So I'm curious when you when when you change the room and you're going mm-hmm. into the, you know, I guess you would say springtime, right? Um, would mm-hmm. that, uh, would, do you do anything with feeding at that point? Are you feeding them before you're doing introductions or anything like that? So um, I'm going to do the feeding and the introductions around the same time. Okay. okay. 
Um, and and we're talking about for the females for sure. And the female is going to eat all the way up until eggs. You know, yeah, <laughs> Ovulation. she's yeah until the prelay shed. You know, she's going. Um, she's gonna she's gonna eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so larger prey, smaller prey, more often. Let's go with like small, small, okay. um, okay. just just small rats. You know, right. Okay. Um, and um, and and and. I think I think I could offer something to the male. I did last year, and the male was fine. The male kept breeding; it was no problem. Sure. So, okay. um, but the female for sure was interested in food, and I, I was actually really disappointed and scared that I wasn't going to get anything, and because uh, she was eating, <laughs> and so <laughs> she was she was interested in food, and um, and then she wasn't. Yeah, that is a good sign, right? Yeah, like you almost want them to stop, uh, yeah. so. Okay, um, but I I think I do have. I was looking here. I think I have the timing on um, how that worked out. Okay, here we go. So um, after the first lock mm. um, with Kaya, it was seventy three days later when I had eggs. Oh, okay, okay, that's like right um, on the money too. Yeah, yeah. Um, one hundred and twenty-nine days later, four and a half months after the first lock is when the babies came. <laughs> oh wow! Four and a half months. Okay. From, so this is a long commitment here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first lock. Uh, let's see here. Prelay shed was fifty-one days after the first lock, um, and then um, I had eggs twenty-two days later. Hmm. Wow. Okay. 50, Fifty-six days to hatch. At eighty-seven and a half degrees. That's awesome. I don't know if anyone's going to be interested in this. No, but... I mean, dude, oh yeah, they will. Everybody. <laughs> 56, 56 days at, at eighty-seven and a half degrees, and and we have babies. Nice. Okay. So, with the babies, though, do you cycle them down the same as the adults, or do you kind of keep them different? So, um, first year, um, no, I have no no intention of. Um, of dropping their temps really. Um, okay. I do, a, I do a mild night drop anyway for mm-hmm. all, for even for the jungles, it's very mild. And then, um, um, but, um, and then when I'm, you know, like, you know, I just was on the phone with someone yesterday, we were discussing it, you know, what do we do with these? He has two different diamonds. Um, um, for me, one of them was, um, uh, 2020, one's 2021. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, 2021, leave it alone. Um, 2020, uh, let's get into a mild, let's go do a mild, um, uh, winter right um so i so i think your first winter you leave them alone second winter um go ahead and give them give them give them a winter cool them off but give them like a mild one so mm-hmm. you know i said four months no food for you know the adults um but for their second winter um you know a couple months um and i wouldn't get them into like my adults will go down into the mid 40s mm-hmm. upper usually upper 40s but they can go as low as mid 40s here in tampa um and um and that's about as far as I go with them, mm-hmm. but I would not do that to a snake in its second year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know in one of your podcasts, you were interviewing someone and they had said that, you know, they lost, um, some snakes in the, in the, when they went too harsh. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'd be sensitive to that on that second, a second winter. Um, you know, definitely make sure they realize that, you know, they're being cooled and things have changed, but, um, but by the third one, they should absolutely, Drop them down. Don't be afraid. They're going to be fine. Um, so This is a topic that fascinates me because I find it interesting that, number one, there's not a whole lot of 
you know, there's really nothing written on that as far as wild diamond python babies go and where they're at and what they're doing, or even carpet python babies for that matter. Right. So I'm curious of like where, what, what's your thinking behind why you're doing that first year, second year a little bit, and then third year? Is there, is there some observations that you saw or did you know or is this? No, and I don't think there's any research. I didn't see anything on it. You just feel, um, okay. It's strictly listening to other breeders. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and even, even breeders that have been on your show. Sure. Um, the, again, the Australian, um, if you go on the, uh, the forums and you just read mm-hmm. what they're saying to do with them. Um, so um, it, it seems like the first, the first winner um, kind of, you know, kind of really ca- coddle them, coddle them in that first winter. You're probably not going to hurt them if you coddle them. Right. And the second winter, um, wake them up, you know, get them cold, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't have to be harsh about it. Right. Um, you can be, if you want to be, <laughs> but if you lose the state, I, am. You know, I, I mean, yeah, know. that's, that's the risk you take. If you want to, <laughs> you know, you, you may lose a snake. Um, but, um, but you know, I would say, you know, give them a winner, but it doesn't have to be the harsh winner. Right. Um, and then, uh, but the next one, I would just say go normal with them, you know, so whatever s- normal means for you. Mm. Yeah. I would say they're probably into the low 50 or that low 50, a low 60s, high 50s is sort of where I've mm-hmm. taken them. I don't know if that's yeah. right or wrong. It's just to me, I just thought like, huh, let me see what happens. I don't think you can go wrong with those temps. Yeah. Um, I they really seem don't. to be okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But it does make you nervous, right? You don't want to go and buy a diamond python and say, "Oh, I got this awesome diamond python." And then you know, you're dropping the Thames down, and then, you're <laughs> and then it just diamond dies. Yeah. You're like, because I would imagine maybe they're going into like little rock crevices and micro mm-hmm. habitats, mm-hmm. and maybe they are staying at a higher temperature in the first couple of years. You know, uh, I don't know. We don't. Yeah, we we don't know. Yeah, um, we really don't. So yeah, okay. I mean. The other thing is that, you know, not all the babies in the wild are going to make it through winter and you mm-hmm. have less babies. So <laughs> yeah. do you really want to push it? <laughs> yeah. To be yeah. like, you know, we'll ah, survive and then ah, the, the, all four died. Of listen, man, this, <laughs> like, I, this is why I love this show, right? We get right. to talk to people and their ideas about these things. And I think that when you talk to other people about these things and their approach or their experiences or what they've seen or what they've been through, right? I think it really gives you a good understanding of like uh, to give you a basis to where you can sort of go from, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, and be open-minded to other people's uh, observations. I think is I think it's key with with just keeping reptiles in general. You know, right. not if to we, be like closed-minded. Like, oh, the book says <laughs> you have to do uh, X. <laughs> the boa didn't have the babies. Time to start cutting. It's like no, but they're not like, shedding right. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't I, care. I, the book says X. The book says we have to do this. It's you have to be able to adapt and learn on the fly especially when it comes to animals that are maybe outside the majority of your collections like purview if you have a ton of carpets and only a couple pairs of diamonds like you need to understand that those animals are going to need something might need something different but just because they can take the temps doesn't mean that they should be subjected to them constantly so sure yeah. yeah you gotta figure it out so here's a question for you real quick, Owen, since we're talking yes. about this. Do baby colubrids get dropped? Hell no. Hell they don't? no. No. Why? Again, like, you know, it. 
Winter sucks. Like it is hard. No, it shit. does. Like it is. So like, what do you do with baby colubrids? You just they keep just them stick normal? in a rack. Yeah, they just do their thing. You know, the okay. first time, like, the first time any of my colubrids that I've raised up, which it has been years since I've raised a bait a colubrid from like baby all the way up to breeding. Right. And well, you know, we don't count the rhinos. They're weird. Um, but it, and we're getting there with like the the Chinese king rats, other things like that. So it's a completely new set of rules with certain things. But sure. like it's been a while since I've raised a baby cow king all the way up to adult size. But I would not subject them to really kind of harsh brumation until it was breeding season. But like I would take a break on feeding them through winter and you know, I, I used to keep them differently. So I imagine they had temperature fluctuations and this, that, and the other thing. So, yeah. I don't know. Fascinates me. Okay. Yeah. So those babies, they, they're a pain in the ass to get going. I've heard that a lot. Horror stories. And pythons are, are tough. <clears throat> that- yeah. You, um, I mean, you, you offer them food and you wait and you, and sometimes you just have to wait them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard of people who give them um, live for the first like three feedings, mm-hmm. okay, and before moving to frozen thawed. And I've heard I've heard some people don't even see that as optional. Um, I went frozen thawed. I had one that um, I had to go live with. It just wasn't going to eat. Um, but it was only one. Okay, one, one, <laughs> and then I went bad. right to frozen thawed. The next one, and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. right, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all right. But um, you know, I mean, I would be sensitive. Um, you know to their needs but i would always try frozen thought first mm-hmm. and see what happens i, I think okay. that's the true thing for all snake species try the frozen thought first and then if they take the frozen thought awesome set those ones aside they're <laughs> they're now on their way of rolling and then keep offering them frozen thought and then that's when you start busting out the bag of tricks for whoever didn't take frozen thought and then right. you eventually get to the point where you maybe have one animal that you have to like give it live button quail in the third phase of the moon to get it to eat or something stupid. But then you get that thing eating and then you can slowly transition it back. It's, you know, it's much easier to do it that way than to be like, everything has to take live immediately because there could be some in there that would have taken a frozen thought and might've been easier for you if you had tried that first. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you get, do you find that, um, you get a what's your do you get a certain percentage that take that right from the gate? Um, I I found that that most of them take um, the frozen thought from the beginning, and so the exceptions the exceptions are the ones that are taking live. See, that makes me feel better because yeah. I heard that they were a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were talking at Tinley, and they were like, "Oh, these things are a nightmare to get I think, going." I think people have more nightmares with like green trees and and roughies and this that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. I would want to say that maybe diamonds are not as much of a nightmare. I don't know. I've never produced them. So, uh, but they're not like it. People seem to think that if it doesn't leap out at you and take the frozen thought out of your hand, as you're pulling it out of the um, cup, that it's, it might be a problematic feeder. So. Okay. Okay, cool. That's, that's good to know. Do you wait? Do you do? So when do you offer food? Yeah. So, so, um, I wait until till after they shed, um, so like two weeks, two weeks after they shed. So that could also have something to do with it. Also, if I have one that's kind of small, it's gonna it's gonna go into something smaller than a V eighteen. It'll go into like a smaller shoebox. Okay. So that's something else that I found works. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Uh, <clears throat> wow. Uh, so I'm trying to think what else as far as babies go. I don't think. Uh, for diamonds, I mean, so the babies you start off in the, in the you said there was the B18s. Yeah. When mm-hmm. and you start moving them up, uh, what size do you move them up into and around when do you make that transition out? So, um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to wait until they're on basically when they're on rats. Mm. So once once we're on rats and we've moved past the um, the um, mouse hoppers, mm-hmm. um, then I can move them into you know the larger enclosure. And that next enclosure, when um, I that's good for a minimum of a year. Okay, so you can keep them in the next one a year. Um, one of those uh, sterilite tubs with the um, um, the two perches. In it. Yeah, I was and, looking um, at that. I'll, Works excellent. They love it. Okay. Is there and, any? Uh, oh, go ahead, Owen. I was just gonna say, and that's like, and and that's when you start. So for the the V eighteen rack, that's basically you do belly heat for that, and then is that their first mm-hmm. kind of interaction with bulbs basking in some UV and stuff of like that when they move up to that larger bin? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I would like them to get it as soon as possible, but I think when they're super young, mm. I think their biggest need is security. And they just need to, they don't, when they get into the, the, um, the larger sterilites, you know, now they're seeing movement mm-hmm. and they're getting, they're, um, they're getting used to movement, not, not killing them when they see someone walk by, you know, right. and they're getting comfortable with this idea. Um, but when they're really young, I don't think, I just think they just need to feel super safe and, and, and I like to use the term that memorize, um, their living space, mm-hmm. know where everything is. And, um, and I think that's where you're going to have the, you know, where you get them eating and, um, you know, so I, I think that's the best, the best way to do it. But, um, later though, yeah, I, I definitely think that the sooner you can get them into something, um, larger with the basking heat and climbing and mo- a little more space and, um, exposure to motion. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing things walk by and, and it's, and it's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to eat me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, are you feeding weekly every other week? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I feed weekly. Okay. Yeah, weekly. Mm-hmm. okay. No, I feed weekly, weekly. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was saying that earlier, um, that, um, they don't, they're not always going to eat, mm. you know, every week. So I'll offer and, um, you know, and usually they will, right. but not always. So, so, do you have any tips for picking out killer diamonds from babies? <laughs> Tell us your I, secrets. Yeah, I no, I don't. No. I don't have any tips. <laughs> none, on that. None it's at hard. all. <laughs> um, look at I don't know. Look at the parents. Um, that's that's what I do. It's so it's so hard to tell. Yeah, and um, you know, it is. It really is. It's it's hard to know what what the little baby's going to turn out to be. Um, that young yeah especially so. with diamonds because they look a lot different as hatchlings but have we as... ever seen an ugly diamond no thank you <laughs> <laughs> have you ever looked at a diamond and been like that's dog shit no. like no so i i don't know why do you have any I, I don't know why they aren't more popular people are afraid of them straight you up you think so oh yeah <laughs> We gotta, we gotta, we gotta change get rid that. of that misconception. We right. gotta change that because I think like they're they're like again, like I get the whole nippy thing as a baby and all that, but like as far as keeper error goes, I think most people would probably be set up to be able to take care of them pretty 
You know what I mean? They don't uh, mm-hmm. like that cooler ambient temperature. As long as you give them a good basking spot, I think, I think you're pretty mm-hmm. good. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I would agree. What's your thoughts on that? Why they're not more popular? You don't, um, you about diamonds in general? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think people, people are afraid. People are afraid of, um, uh, diamond python syndrome. People also, um, just the cost of sometimes just getting a diamond or finding yeah, a diamond. It's um, mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes the availability right now is hard. I don't think that'll always be the case. Um, but I think that for right now, um, it, it's kind of hard to find them. So, um, but, um, but yeah, they, I really have to have a separate room for them and from my jungles yeah, and um, it's just more efficient that way. And, and, you know, in the long run, and then even with, uh, with the Timors right now, I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, you know, what am I going to do with your temps? And right. they're not really going to go in the jungle room. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I can't really put them in there. Um, so I got to get them cooler. And um, so they're going to, you know, they could end up in the diamond room um, or, or they could end up in a, their <laughs> own a room. new room. Yay! <laughs> so, I'm just like the team room. I'm willing. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. That's all, I'll tell you that. Right. Whatever I have to do um, to be successful with them, that's what I'm going to try. Right. And well, you know, we'll see what happens. But but that's that's the thing that people should look at because that's when you start having successes when you really kind of piece it together. And instead of trying to make the python species fit into your room is to bend it around it. I did not have success with the olive pythons until I kicked them out of my other Australian mm-hmm. python room into mm-hmm. another one that drops cooler. Yeah. So that which I is just weird to me. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. It doesn't them, okay? get cold <laughs> in the northern territory. I know it doesn't, but <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Apparently you have to be mean to them and then they have eggs. Like I don't know what they want. But it it's that's just the way it goes sometimes is that if you kind of take yourself out of the equation or also kind of just try to focus more on what you're seeing and what the animal's needs are, you can yeah, you're gonna have to you might yeah, have to I, have more than one snake room. I guess I there's three. some validity validity to that, right? Because most people when they're getting into a if they get a carpet python, they're probably gonna get a jungle or a coastal or something like that, or right. an IJ. Right. And then you can't really keep those species together because my diamonds are right over here in this room, you know, which is right. totally separate from my other carpets uh, over there. So, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean, you can. But keep damn, them. man, they're beautiful. I don't understand why like people won't make the uh, the. You know, it's not like you have to like redo your house or something in order to keep them in a room. You just can't have a packed room full of hot snakes, hot snakes, and all this other stuff. Like you know, which. I mean, we've said it numerous times on the show. If I could go back in time, I'd have start with, started with, you know, all spring breeders, all cold, loving <laughs> pythons. That's yeah. all I would have. Right. So, yeah. So, okay. So on your website, you sort of mark yourself as a small snake breeder. I like your mm-hmm. three goals. Maybe you could talk a little bit about those. Uh, I thought that was was pretty cool. And uh, if if you if the listener wants to check out website it's tampasnakes.com so you should go over and check it out because like i said at the beginning i really like how you have it set up i think it i think it's really sharp so i don't know what what talk tell us about the three goals and what's your idea of a small snake breeder so um small snake breeder just uh, that's just my commitment to um not not overdoing it to where 
I mean, this is really more personal where I just, where I don't burn out because yes. um, I do have like, I have a full-time job. I don't have kids at the house anymore, but I definitely, you know, I have a managerial position um, at the, at the day job. Um, so I, I want to be able to um, reasonably like go on vacations and do the things I need to do, but also provide good, you know, great, great care for my snakes. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then, um, and so the number one goal for me is just, just to enjoy the snakes that are in my care, right? Um, just to enjoy them. And, um, if I, if I get too many and, you know, and overwhelm myself, I'm not going to be enjoying it anymore. And so, um, so that, that's the number one thing. Um, and then the, the second thing to encourage a quality care culture in the reptile community, it, it kind of goes with number one where, um, where some people just, I don't want to use the word hoard, you know what I mean? But yep. where people just have so much that it's more about how many um, animals they have and mm -hmm. how many can I keep in one room or whatever. And um, and I don't know if they're really, are they really enjoying those snakes? Are they really um, students of the serpent, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, right. so, um, so I look at that. Um, and then um, uh, to increase um, awareness, information and excitement about uh, Morelia Spaluda. Um, so um, um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I think that uh, anyone listening to this, if you are at shows, um, with your snakes, you could get in on this. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Show up there with your carpets, bring, bring something pretty and, um, you'll get lots of attention. I have so many people come up and say, Hey, these are not ball pythons. I'm like, right. Yes, right, right. you were correct. Like, these are, <laughs> these look better than ball pythons. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a matter of opinion, but, um, I happen to agree with that also. And, um, so, um, uh -huh. but yeah, um, so a lot of people don't know, they don't know a whole lot about carpets. Mm -hmm. And, um, so this is a great opportunity if, if you're a carpet enthusiast, um, to get out there and, um, and show them off. So, yeah. That's very cool, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I can totally relate to what you just said as far as having too much, mm -hmm. because I think over the last couple of years I had too much, and to be able to sort of it's 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 so hard to be like ah oh, cut this project out because you feel like at least in my brain it's like oh I'm gonna regret selling this, mm -hmm. and then down the line I'm gonna want to you know. What if it's not available again? And I make all these excuses in my head, but I think ultimately what it did was take me away from enjoying the animals, to mm -hmm. your point, right? Where I'm just cleaning a cage and filling a water bowl and moving on to the next. And, right. You know, it just, I don't know. I'm getting to that point where I'm slowly getting back to having a collection where i'm not stressed out about oh shit i gotta go clean oh shit i gotta go feed you know all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff so uh i think i i don't know do you think that the reptile hobby in general is moving towards that way it seems to me that but i could be wrong i think so yeah i think so yeah. Yeah. i I, um, I would agree i think it's a good i think that's a good thing mm. we're I think we're moving in the direction of, um, you know, bioactive enclosures mm -hmm. and everything, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think we're, we're starting to think of quality more, the quality of life for the animal and, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it does get you kind of plugged back in going from a big collection to a, a smaller, more manageable collection is like you said, you get to enjoy them more. Like I was hanging mm -hmm. out with my ring Python yesterday and I'm like, this thing is insane. 
and I love it. <laughs> like I love that it's crazy. Like and you normally if you have a room where every single cage and every single bin is just chock full, you don't have time to just sit there and enjoy the snake. You gotta mm-hmm. here's your water, here's your paper, close yeah. the thing next. Like it's you have to, and it's it, yeah. it defeats the purpose. It takes away from it. So right. mm-hmm. I think pe- more people are going for quality over quantity. It's like what Rob was talking to us about is having the um the the, the perception of having a really large collection. But not really, though. Like only having a certain amount. So I like that more and more. Right. So, yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. I like the idea of you know once I do get um, and I'll, I'll send you guys pictures mm. when I get the AP cages in. But so the diamond room is going to be a whole lot of cage, a whole lot of cages, a lot of enclosures, and not a whole lot of snakes. <laughs> right. But it is going to be a room. It's like whoa, what is this? Right. That's the goal. What is this? It's like. You know, I have like nine snakes in here. That's it. <laughs> yes, that's yes. it. Right, and that's all that's, I need. This is all them. <laughs> right. So, you know, you're a little awesome. chunk of Australia. That's kind of what I'm looking I, for. I, right? I yeah. dig that, and I would love that for that kind of a setup. So, yeah. Oh, that's um, cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's it's just like especially, and I'm sure my other carpets would do this, but I just don't think that they're set up the same. But I, mm. I've noticed with my diamond pythons that they'll come out and they'll bask at that same time every day. They'll go into that spot. They'll move, you know. Somehow they know that the light is going to be going out at this time, and they'll they'll try to soak up a little bit of heat right mm. before the you know the the heat goes off for the night, and you know, and then they're out and about you know throughout the night, and you're just like. It's sixty degrees in here. You're what not is supposed wrong to with you, man? Just you know, <laughs> see them, you know, going around, and that's nah, pretty cool. So, um, oh, and I guess you can hit on your closing questions because we're almost at two hours. And uh, Alrighty. yeah, I didn't put these in here, so we're going to surprise you. <laughs> okay, All right. yeah. And I'm sure if you listen to the show, you you, sort of you know, know what's coming. So. <laughs> Um, well, well, first we'll start with is if you could go herping anywhere in the world, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? Oh, I, I would be, I would be looking to, um, see some diamonds. Yeah. So I'd be, yeah. Be in Australia looking for diamonds. Wouldn't that be the worst thing though, is that you go all the way to Australia and you're like, I'm going to find diamonds in their natural habitat. And then you're like a McDonald's parking lot under a trash can. There's one. It's like, that would just, <laughs> I mean, I hear they have them in, on grocery store shelves. Right. Exactly. In Walmart. That was just like a, oh, hello. Like, I'll just put this in my basket. Oh, that would be a yeah. great day at, at my uh, store. <laughs> yeah. But that would be, that would be awesome. I would just, it would, it would take some of the majest the mystique out of it. If I found it on the parking lot, I'd still be happy though. So, all right. Um, all right. Now, uh, I guess it would be uh, if you could have any reptile uh, and you wouldn't have to worry about price, legality, space, time, setup, what would it be and why? Okay. So, um, uh, my answer to this is very boring. Um, I am just interested right now. The next. The next snake for me is going to be um, getting a white lipped, and um, I know. And you know, I was looking at blackheads and everything, and my, and my girlfriend's like, "No, she's like, I don't. She doesn't really think they're all that attractive and everything." And I'm looking at them I'm like, "Okay, well." So I start looking at the white lips. I'm like, "Hey, all right, all right, they look great. What about these ones? Yeah, yeah she loves those." I'm like, "All right, so we're gonna we're gonna. That's probably the next snake for me." Okay. Um, 
I'm not in a hurry, though, because I think the team wars are going to keep me occupied <laughs> for a while. I, I would agree. I don't know if you ever watch yours, but I, I watch mine. Mine's in quarantine. I can see my largest one over here. And it it is I'll just watch. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And um, these are so my hands are full trying to figure the snake out. I, um, I watch mine all the time. I have tons of pictures on my phone that I don't release release to you people because my female's cage. She has a huge tree limb that comes from a basking shelf kind of halfway down and it, and it bends down and she can curl up right there. And if she lays perfectly still, I sometimes am moving and I won't see her until she moves her head a little bit. And I'll be like, Oh, and then she'll just be perfect, beautiful and sitting up there. And then I'm like, I was supposed to leave like 10 minutes ago. And like, and I'm just up against cause her cage is right near the back door. Uh, so yeah, all the time I'm watching them. But They're, would you go with northern white lips, the golds or the southerns? Um, so I'm not I'm not really sure. I don't know I don't know enough about them okay. yet. I, I would it would probably be the golds, but I I, I want to do a little more research on them. TBD, gotcha. Everybody's got their flavor of white lip, you know. I, I prefer the mm-hmm. I prefer the I like southerns. The golds. Shut up, you 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 have <laughs> no room to speak. Quiet. Yeah. So um I but think there's just something about like when you see the gold and you see that gold pattern mm-hmm. on the black head mm-hmm. with white lip. I, I don't know. To me, it just pops. I don't I get the, the other think, one's pretty, but my 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 southerns are all mellow. It's the it's my gold. that's a psychopath. And that, maybe that's why, because every time I'm walking around, he hits the glass. I'm like, dude, uh, but that's just him and his insanity. So and. I hope he breeds this year so I can make small ones of him anyway. But yeah, that would be white lips are always approved here. Um, what is going to be the next snake that you're going to add to the collection? So you said that you would get the white lips, but what is the next one that's going to be definitely added possibly soon in this season? Ooh, um, Man, so mm. God, it, I don't know if I have an answer to that. Okay. Honestly, um, it you know, I'm, I'm thinking what I what I I I feel like I I, I got that last female diamond that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that 2018 one, and um, and I needed that, and then um. The Timor's pythons. Um, I just cannot buy another one. They're, the the price on those is just like I just can't. Only because of money. Yeah. If it's you know, if they were cheap as hell, we'd Billy, all have a wall of them. <laughs> Billy, if you're out there listening, you know that I want to buy more because you just did, but I cannot afford it. So. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna. I think he has like five now. Jesus, so, I didn't know he um, went that hard into them. I, I think so. I he's think got so. more than I um, do. Now I need yeah. more. God damn it. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, so, so you're happy with your? Di- There's nothing diamond python wise that you would want to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right now, I'm really comfortable with where I'm at. Nice. Um, That's good. Nice. That's yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm at a place where I could, you know, I could downsize something, mm. but I, I can't. You, you know, when you're always, when you're looking to, to where would you downsize? Mm. Yes. You just can't, can't find, find anything. Yes. But, <laughs> I can't find it. I'm right there at that sweet spot where I'm really comfortable with where I'm at with the collection. So that's good because I think like, yeah. certain people never get there. 
and it shows. Yeah. And then they have like, and then they're like, I'm one of the biggest names. It, or I have a very large collection of rhino iguana. Sell them all. And now <laughs> I have an entire thing of box turtles. Get rid of these things. Like it's, yeah, I don't, I can see people doing that a lot. And it's good to be at a good place with your reptile collection. I like that. So I, I'm curious what, uh, maybe you sort of touched on this in the breeding thing, but what? how many pairings of diamonds do you have going this year? So right now I um, I should have two. Two. Cool. Okay. Just two. Okay. That's not a, that's a good number in, mm-hmm. you know. I need, I need. I you need, need one. You need one. Sir. I need one. So yeah, <laughs> I, might, I might be hitting you up. I'll, I'll be watching. <laughs> you need you need more diamonds, and also you, Eric. You're trying again this year, right? With yours. Yeah, yeah. Right. I just have. I have at the current moment. I have two. One point two. So I'd like to mm-hmm. get another male. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That would. Come I out. have zero. So at one point, I would like to get more. <laughs> so right. it just so timing okay cool awesome so, so oh, oh go ahead is there other is there stuff you want to toss out there website um social media oh, just, chuck it all um well so um I, I actually wanted to throw out a couple um game changing tips yeah go yeah for yeah, it. Man. Uh, yeah do it. So, go for it. um two things that i found um in the last year that were game changers for me mm-hmm. they're upgrades okay um in the kitchen <laughs> okay and so one was a garbage disposal that can gr- that can grind bones. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, y- you know, when, when you have when you have a rat or a bird that's been sitting for a couple days, and you know you need to dispose of it, you put it out in the trash can, you put it in the freezer, and wait till trash day and forget about it. You know, and it just sits there for weeks. Um, or do you throw it in the garbage disposal? <laughs> and so that was a game changer for me. Is it, I just walk over, plop them in there, <laughs> pour some extra water down, boom, gone. Wow. And, no stink really right so game changer okay and then um the second thing is um a dishwasher mm. with a sanitizing rinse yes button yes so these will get to like 155 degrees they kill like 99 point whatever it is five mm-hmm. percent of bacteria they kill viruses they'll kill coronavirus that so um very very helpful so i'm constantly putting things in there and i i mean Honestly, I mean, I have snake stuff in there. I'm using the sanitize button like every day. So there's something that needs to be sanitized, tongs or water dishes or something. So um, I had for, uh, some furniture from one of my enclosures in there earlier. So, yeah. And, you know, and if it's something I really am not, if I really need it clean, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not really sure I could spray something down with the bleach water solution, mm-hmm. let it sit for 10 minutes and then, then put it in there and run it, it on sanitize. Like yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. So um definite definite that those two tools have made my life a lot easier that is um, something that i when huh. people all talk about snake buildings i'm like i want a giant ash dishwasher or one of those <laughs> cage wa- like the what what you'd see in restaurants where you lower the hood and it steams and sanitizes like give me one of those where i can be like here's all the snake stuff like yeah that's i love it that's a good idea um, but, um, yeah, we're, so, uh, we're Tampa snakes, so we're super, super simple. Mm-hmm. People make fun of the name. Sometimes they're like, Oh, how did I forget that? <laughs> um, it's so easy. It's very bad. Oh, I had someone complain at the last show. They're like, clay, they're like, 
you do realize that there are more snakes than just carpet pythons out there, right? And that we're all here selling snakes in Tampa. <laughs> oh, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, have a more exciting name. Bite me. You're like, I don't, yeah. Um, we're here too. Right. I'm like, all right, yeah, I know. <laughs> but are you? Because the second they see the diamonds and stuff, you're not anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Bright yellow jungle brings you across. Then you see yeah. the neon jag. Then you see yeah, the diamond no, python. No. It's game over, man. Yeah, you're you done. Can't compete. I'm sorry, you can't compete. <laughs> Sucks. Eh. Um, any uh, Instagram, other kind of social medias, anything like that? Um, I mean, yeah, we're we're on Instagram. I guess just look up Tampa Snakes. Um, um, should just pull right up. Cool. All right. Um, I'm at a uh, uh, clay at tampasnakes.com If you want to send me an email. Uh, we're on Facebook also, um, so um, Where I'll, I'll answer to all of them. You post the offspring for sale on your website mostly. Yeah. We do. Okay. Um, I I have right now. I've got I have a couple right now that are out there. Um, one of them is on more. I sometimes I'll put them on Morph Market. Sometimes just on the website. Okay. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to toss out there real quick? Any thanks or recognition? You already. I plugged. love those two tips, man. That you was plugged awesome. Billy Hunt more than I think he did I was on like, his own. If some, <laughs> yeah. If um, if someone would have told me about those tips, yes. though, I'm just oh, like, yeah. wow, it really changed things for me. My life just got oh. so much easier when I had to sanitize um, right. the feature. Otherwise, I was bleaching everything. I'm gonna go downstairs. <laughs> and, you know? I'm gonna go downstairs and break my dishwasher so that we can get a new one during all this Black Friday bullshit. Like wow. you know, I know what Owen's gonna want on his wedding. You're damn registry. right. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we need a new dishwasher, honey. Why? Reasons. All right, that's why. So. Very cool. Oh <laughs> man. Awesome. Okay, Clay, thank you so much thank for you, coming dude, and hanging, awesome. and talking diamond pythons with us, and and, uh, and I appreciate you having me on, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Let us know how the new cages look and how that setup's going to go. I'm going to be real interested to see that stuff. When, yeah, when right. in I will. like a year and a half when they get there. So yeah. you know, it could be. <laughs> it could we'll be see. Week. It could be next week. It could be a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, that's that what we'll know soon. Oh, that sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, right um, on. All right, Clay. Uh, well, thanks very much again, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road and possibly to Daytona. Right. All right, sounds good. All right, man. All right, all right. bye guys. Talk to you.